Phone calls, phone calls, phone calls. We all want more phone calls for a home services company that can be turned around and realized into new revenue. But what are you doing to realize the best digital marketing that you can have for your business? Reach out to redesign.co, strategically partnered with Certain Path and work with over 110 Certain Path members and get a free digital marketing audit that will show you the way to better digital marketing, better leads, and better revenue through digital marketing for your brand. We'll talk to you soon. That's redesign.co, strategically partnered with Certain Path. And Angie. Angie is one of the largest home services marketplace that connects qualified service professionals to project-ready homeowners. With over 25 years of experience and a network of more than 250,000 pros, we have helped more than 150 million people with their home needs. For service professionals, we are the source for everything from new customers and revenue streams to reviews, payments, and perks. With homeowners today investing more than ever, countless projects need a pro to take them on. We make the connection. Reach more homeowners with Angie. Welcome to the Successful Contractor, powered by CertainPath, formerly Success Group International, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. As a reminder, all episodes of the Successful Contractor are available on YouTube, as well as your podcast player of choice. And yes, you heard me correctly. SGI is now CertainPath. We've rebranded ourselves under a name that we believe best represents what we do for residential contractors, and that's put them on a certain path to success. For more information on what we can do for you, visit our new site, www.mycertainpath.com, or give us a call at 866-299-8505. Today's show is a discussion I had with two Angie executives in late May. Mallory Meisich, the Vice President for Corporate Communications, as well as Misha Fisher, Angie's Chief Economist. We talk about Angie, which has been connecting home service professionals with homeowners for over 25 years, but we also talk about a lot of other interesting topics, including the future of home services, economic trends, labor trends, and so much more. I hope you enjoy our conversation and take away another two. Mallory, Misha, thank you so much for taking time to chat with me and my audience. Uh, for those who haven't had the the pleasure of meeting you. Could you share with everyone uh, your names, who you work for, and what you do for them? Absolutely, Bob. Um, great. Thank you for having us. We're excited to talk with you today. Um, my, my name is Mallory Message. I am on the Corp Comms team or, and also a home expert at Angie. I've been with Angie for four and a half years. Um, and to me, listeners might be thinking, what is Angie? Well, Angie's List might have been a name you knew in the past. We are now Angie, um, and under our kind of umbrella, you know us as Angie, Home Advisor powered by Angie and Handy. Very good, very good. Uh, so you four years, it. oh, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I, so Mallory, four years, what were you doing before you got into the space? <laughs> um, uh, I worked for an investment bank for a while, and then before wow. that, and this is where Misha and I had a little bit of overlap. Um, we both worked uh, on Capitol Hill uh, for the House of Representatives. So you know what I, I think I did see that. I was doing a little LinkedIn stalking. I forgot about that. That's fascinating. I, I bet you guys have some stories from those days. Oh, we have stories, but that's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole separate one. That's a whole series, actually. So, well, good stuff. Well, I'm really glad to have you, Misha. I'm sorry to cut you off. Go, you know, please share with share with everyone your your background and what you. Oh do. no, that's fine. Mallory's the more interesting of the two of us by far. It's not even close. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Misha Fisher, I'm the chief economist at Angie. So I spent a lot of time thinking about what's going on 
in the labor market for trades, what's going on in the yep. housing market, what's going on with interest rates, home sales, what's going on with remodeling, home services. So that's my my primary focus. And then, like Mallory said before that, I did actually spend close to a decade in D.C. working for the Congress as well. And that is definitely a different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you guys obviously uh, decided uh, you're, you're done with that that space. And here you are in home services, which uh, is crazy, but probably not quite as crazy as that. But uh, but no, definitely glad to have you. Um, you know, Angie has, has been an exceptional partner with SGI now, Certain Path for for many years, and and I want to talk about the company and what you guys see in the business's future. Um, so let's let's go ahead and just dig into it. Um, well, I think you know, Mallory, you kind of touched on it. Angie's evolution. Um, you know, let's see. Kind of share with everyone what it's twenty. It was just last year, right? The name change. Uh, kind of you know what what brought on this these these changes and what's been going on again. Yeah, it's been a little over a little over a year. We uh, officially became Angie. Uh, March 17th, 2021. How do I remember that date? Um, Oshin Hammerhan, who is our CEO, is Irish, and he uh -huh. thought it would be a nice celebration to launch our rebrand on St. Patrick's Day. So it's been a little <laughs> bit over a year, um, yeah. and now as an organization, we will always celebrate 317 <laughs> for one way or another. Um, yeah. so, so I think this was his master plan. Um, but look, Angie is really the culmination of a lot of things. Uh, we want to be the home for everything home, and we want to be the ultimate resource for pros, their businesses, and the ultimate way that they can connect with consumers. Mm -hmm. um, we connect, or over, it's about every second a consumer comes to us with in need for help with a project. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a lot. That's somewhere around 18 million consumers annually, putting in somewhere north of like 36 million service requests a year. Um, so this is a whole lot of work, and I know Misha can talk about what does that mean um, outside of just the Angie universe, but one of the reasons why we did this change is we previously had a kind of host of brands um, under our platforms, um, and ultimately we just knew that at the end of the day, a consumer just wanted to see and get connected with a really good pro with a brand yeah. that they could trust. Sure. Um, and we know that Angie's List um, was a great brand that consumers turned to time and time again, but the list was a little outdated because even a year ago, two years ago, Angie's List was doing a lot more than just a directory. Um, for pros, there's a lead product, there's an advertising product, um, and then especially with the creation of Angie Home Services, which was our parent company, we had brought in brands like Handy and Home Advisor, which were also offering other projects products. So this move especially allowed us to not only continue to drive a really great product for consumers to contribute to this flywheel, but also get our pros looped into what we know and believe is going to be a really strong brand that's going to benefit them. So it's been a lot of hard work, um, but what we see is really encouraging. Pros like it, uh, consumers like it. Um, we're advertising all over the place, which has been working yes, out you really are. well. Yeah. And we picked like a Lo and behold, a very, very ideal point in time where when people had to kind of stay at home at the pandemic, all of a sudden the, the role of the home changed. Oh, and it was no longer just this place that we started our day and ended our day. It was really the epicenter of everything. Work, yeah. school, child care, um, entertainment. And the needs of our homes changed. And, you know down on what we do and who we serve and what we really our mission was so it, for us it was it was not only like the the perfect 
it was it was a perfect storm of all the perfect elements to come together. Um, yeah. It was really, really the right time. And um, Misha has some really fascinating research that he's done too about how this kind of the role of the home has changed and how that's even changed people's motivations when they're taking on and doing work. Um, yeah. That's super helpful for contractors and pros to know too. Yeah, Misha, I I, I, uh, I read some of your your pieces that you've put out over the last I guess, year or two. Maybe kind of share with everyone some of the research and things you've discovered as as people are are are, are moving back into their homes for work and and everything. It, it's kind of just changed. Uh, it's it's changed society in total. It has. I mean, what I keep telling people and what nobody has ever disagreed with me on in person, you know, talking to a lot of tradespeople, a lot of people doing the work, is this yep. is the most dynamic time for the industry that we've ever seen. Yep. in terms of what's going on with demographics and with the macro trends, and then you throw a pandemic on top of that. It's very, very dynamic. The quick sort of top line version is our estimates are about 20% year over year growth in the total size of the market this past year. We've got, you know, and that's that's sizable. And that mirrors <laughs> more or less what we saw in terms of home price appreciation. Yeah. But what's unique is that that home price appreciation, and part of that was interest rates dropped. So it got cheaper right. to buy a house. Right. But with home services, that growth is, I think, genuine growth because yeah. it's not that the debt got cheaper. It's that people were really spending that much more and that they gained all this home equity. So very, very dynamic and exciting time for the industry. But there's yeah. things to layer on top of that. You know, we we mentioned that you had that previous podcast talking with um, with some home service leaders looking at recruitment and how they're trying to pull people in. Yes. And that's something that the entire industry is wrestling with. How yes. do you recruit and train people into the sector? Because we've got this booming demand side, but the supply side is still con so constrained, both in terms of what's going on with the supply chains, which has gotten a lot of press attention, but also what's going on with the labor, which has not gotten the attention it probably deserves in terms of True. understanding what's going on. True. So we try and put out research to just bring everybody up to the same page and really highlight some of these things. And you know, shameless self-plug, if anybody wants to read that, angie.com forward slash research and you can see what we're putting out no that's good stuff yeah i really enjoyed I, I, it was a couple of weeks ago that i read through some of the things you published and it's it's very interesting actually i want to follow up just on the labor aspect of things while you brought it up and and given your you know as an economist in your governmental context is there anything you know of uh happening in dc to help promote the trades you know i, I feel like growing up with baby boomer parents there was this idea that, you know, I think I was the second, I was the second generation of the second person in my family that went to college. And that was a, an ambitious thing to do, right? You go to college, that, that answers all, that answers everything. Now, you know, plumbing and, and, and the trades were kind of looked down upon for whatever reason, it's just what it was. Uh, but now we're seeing, I mean, I, I know plumbers making six figures, electricians making six figures, HVAC guys making 300, $500,000 a year as salespeople. There's a massive amount of money to be made in that space, uh, but is that starting to catch up with DC, or is is there anyone, you know, is there anything happening there to try and promote that through schools and such? You know, I know I'm kind of hitting you cold with that one. Sure. Well, DC is not known for its rapidity and how quickly it decides to change <laughs> policy or how quickly it decides to do things. I Fair do point. think that the information yeah. has gotten out there. I think yeah. that fewer people would be caught off guard by you saying that people in the trades make six-figure incomes. I think that was a novel thing to tell people a little right. while ago. Now I have not been I have not caught anybody off guard by saying that. We yeah. still do, I think, have an opportunity when we talk about how much student loan debt is outstanding to say, oh, hey, yeah. you know, a really compelling solution would be to avoid people accruing the debt entirely and go right. into the trades where you can earn and learn at the same time. And mm -hmm. I think across both of those factors, there's a lot of opportunity to improve things. 
there are various workforce incentive programs that are out there and exist. There's some existing programs that existed and then some new ones came out from some of the COVID spending. So mm -hmm. those programs exist, but I think a lot of the leadership has to be taken by the industry in terms of recruiting people and getting that message out. True. I wouldn't look to DC to lead on this subject. I would say, right. unless you yourself are proactively talking to your school board and your local elected officials and your state elected officials, then you're probably not doing enough. You should be doing yeah. those things as an active part of participating in the industry. Yeah, I think that's something we've seen. We've, we've preached our members, I guess, really over the three last three or five years, certainly before all this mess with COVID began, is, is you have to be the ones that to be the spearhead because it's not going to it's not no one else is going to do it because nobody else knows you're living it day to day. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, That's I, interesting. I, oh, go ahead, Mel. Yes. So I think something we found that was like really very interesting and unique to this pandemic period, especially with this great resignation that is happening kind of across America, yeah. is that a lot of people want to quit their jobs. <laughs> they want to leave <laughs> yeah. what they're doing. And yes. ultimately, a lot of it is that they're looking for connection to the work. Um, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to paraphrase Misha's work. I'm going to let him speak to it. But one of the things that we know when we ask our pros annually when we do our big labor report is what keeps you motivated like what keeps you attached and interested in the work mm -hmm. and it's always this connection to the actual work that they are doing mm -hmm. and that in this moment of time there's probably a no better time for our trades to really really reinvigorate themselves because there's just this other social movement going where people want to change and they don't just want to sit at a desk all day typing right. different, like doing code they want to feel connected to something so yeah. Uh, Misha, I, I didn't want to butcher your facts, but I know you know them. <laughs> well, so the, the big top line that she's alluding to, and it is, I think, very, very telling as a illustrative point about job satisfaction, yeah. is not only is there high job, job satisfaction in the trades, it's got very high job satisfaction. Roughly mm -hmm. nine out of 10 people are pretty happy with it as a career choice, which if you talk to people who do other forms of work, is a very, very high satisfaction level, comparatively yes. speaking. But what's interesting is if you dial in on the people who are most satisfied, so among that subset who are really, really very heavily satisfied, and you ask them what's the primary reason for that, they're not saying that it's the money. The money is good. The money's great, as we just talked about. But they're not citing the money. They're not citing the flexibility of the work hours, right, which is also good. You can sort of choose yep. when you want to work, especially if you're a sole prop. What they're citing is that they find meaning and value in the work, and mm -hmm. that's very, very exciting. I think, yeah. and it's very romantic for the industry to highlight. And it's exactly what Mallory was talking about in terms of when people are quitting their jobs to find something more meaningful, the trades provides that. And it's some it's a story we're not telling very well. Obviously, Mike Rowe has gotten a lot of attention, oh, yeah. a pretty good job of highlighting this, but it's sure. certainly something that, you know, Mike's standing out there by himself telling the story, and there's certainly room to to expand how much it's being told. And yeah. you know, if if you if you talk to people who do what I do for a living, lots of us like to do trades type work on the weekends as a fun hobby. I don't sure. know any trades people that that uh, program statistical computing on the weekend as a as a side hobby because one's a lot more fun than the other. I was going to say they're missing out. I really think they're missing out. They need to look into that. <laughs> no, um, it's fascinating. You say that you guys bring that up. I, I just I just interviewed one of our our, uh, our rock star roofing salespeople and, and she came from a HR background. And, you know, and she, she's in her mid twenties and she goes, I'm just, I was tired of sitting in my desk and staring at a wall. And so uh, she knew nothing and got trained in six months. And, and now she's, you know, sold almost two and a half million dollars of, of, uh, you know, of, of re-roofs and is, is loving life. So uh, you're right. I mean, I think being outside, talking to people, 
solving people's troubles. I feel like younger generations are are more people oriented in in trying to connect with people and help people, like you guys have alluded to. So it's it's certainly uh, it's certainly interesting to see this this shift uh, mm-hmm. in, in how people are looking at labor. Well, and Ruth's are a great example, right? I mean, it's you know she knows not only did she make great money. I'm willing to bet she got a nice pay bump relative to HR selling roofs. Yeah. I know plenty of roof salespeople who are making 200 grand a year or more yeah. in this past year selling roofs. But on top of that, you've got something that's real, right? You yes. walked up to a house, it had the roof failing, and now it doesn't. And that's right. brought a lot of joy to that person. And that's yeah. much more real than than other forms of work where you don't really know what you did at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, just kind of can move around a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, I'm always fascinated by economics and I don't know, I, maybe I, I think I sent an email, told, told you guys I, I was a failed minor in economics. I, I did okay in theory until a, those seven and eight line graphs got involved and I, I just I'm gonna go back to writing for a living and figure that stuff out. But uh, um, I, it's just such an interesting time because we've got the labor issues we've talked about. Then you've got supply chain issues, and now we've got interest rates doing what they're doing. Um, well, let, let's let's tackle one of those at a time. Supply chain. I, what do you miss you or Mallory? What, what do you guys know? What are you hearing about how supply supply issues are they are they going to get better or, or what do you guys see? What is your research telling you? Well, so first off, I want to make undergrad you feel better and say that. George Bernard Shaw said the economics is the obvious in terms of the incomprehensible. So you probably had too much sense to make it. So don't feel, don't beat yourself up about it. Uh, in terms of what's going on in the market, yeah, the big, big story is increasing interest rates. People are saying this could cause a recession. The yeah. reason for that being that in a high inflationary environment, the Fed's never done this successfully before, which is engineer a soft landing where inflation comes down, but we don't actually shrink. So right. that's why people are concerned. I'm not going to try and forecast that because most forecasts are wrong and I don't want to put myself on the record being incorrect, but that's (laughs) sort of the debate. That's the concern. In terms of what's going on with supply chains, that's a little bit more direct. We've solved a lot of our domestic problems in terms of getting warehouses up to speed and and solving some of these issues that came out of the the COVID-induced disruptions. There are still big problems outside a couple of key ports and particularly off the coast of China. That's where if you're reliant on a lot of fixtures that come out of mainland China or other other parts of Asia, then you could be waiting quite a long time. If you, right. you can pull up satellite photos and look right now at how much terminal traffic is backed up off the port of Shanghai, and it right. is dramatic. And so I don't think, I think we'll still be feeling re- reverberations of that for a year in terms mm-hmm. of how long that takes to come out. But people are also starting to adapt. We've seen some manufacturing come back to the United States in terms of improving the supply chain. We've also seen people keeping inventories a little higher Obviously, you know, I think any listeners in the trades business knows you're not an inventory company. You don't want to be holding lots and lots of inventory because that's expensive. But I think people yeah. decide that holding some of that is worth it. And as soon as everybody's adjusted there and their inventory levels are a little higher, then I right. think we'll see that calm down. Sure, sure. Is is the, the China issue, I'm, 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 I believe it's all COVID related, correct? I mean, they have their own vaccine that that they don't trust the the Western world, so they have their own. It's not as effective. Is is there anything else? Like, is there any you know light there and in, in them solving their issues so that it, the entire world's economy kind of gets back to normal? I think that we've seen a number of cities open back up so far. Yeah. Some of the big ones haven't, but um, if I remember correctly, I mean, don't quote me on it necessarily. I think sure. Hong Kong recently opened up some flexibility. So I suspect that you know. I'm not going to try and forecast what the what the governments there decide to do in terms of how they sure. operate, but in terms sure. of what we've seen so far, some yeah. cities have 
have eased their restrictions. And it is a pretty localized story. It varies a lot city to okay. city. So if okay. you're waiting on a specific component from a certain place, it's a little tricky, but you might need to just determine where that component typically flows through in order to get a sense of how long it's going to be. Shuby. Shuby makes it easy to take your customer service to the next level. Show your clients you care with their full line of extra-large, extra-durable products made specifically to protect their home or business. Shuby products were made by service professionals for service professionals. None of those cheap, thin shoe covers that tear on the job. Their booties are made tough. They have surface protection products for every floor type to make sure you don't leave behind scuffs or scrapes. And don't forget their coveralls, made with an extra long torso for ease of motion while keeping your uniform clean all day. Let Shuby prevent the hassle of cleanup by preventing the mess in the first place. Put your best foot forward with Shuby today. Visit their website at www.shuby.com or give them a call today and mention coupon code SGIPOD10 to receive 10% off your next order. In terms of, of uh, the interest interest rates, I know I moved in, in 20 interest rates. I mean, we're just nuts. So, I mean, I, I got very fortunate, you know. Uh, and now, um, I mean, not I feel like not long after I moved, the housing prices just exploded, right? Because everyone else did the same thing I did. They go, holy cow, you know, 2.75% on a 30-year loan. How, I mean, it's, it's free money. And when you look at then what the, the market was doing, you know, I mean, why would you not take, take that advantage of that? Uh, but it's gotten to the point now where, Inventory is just nothing. And I think I, I saw something on 60 Minutes a couple of weeks ago. There's like a or something shy of 6 million homes or something like that. I, I think a lot of that was brought on the recession in, in 08, 09. I know we saw a lot of new construction guys come into our space going, hey, I lost everything. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to work for a general contractor anymore. So, you know, all these perfect things have come together to create this, this lack of housing. What, what do you, I mean, what is an economist, you know, what do you guys think is going to happen? I mean, I, is, is the demand even just going to keep staying even with, you know, maybe much, much higher interest rates or what do you, what do you guys think? If, if you throw back to your econ 101, which I think you you made it through there before dropping out, it, when prices <laughs> go up, demand, demand, demand flattens out. So right sure. now we're making housing more expensive by making interest rates go up. So that, is what we would expect to normalize demand. And I think we're already seeing some of that. If you check yeah. this week, the home builder sentiment was out, it's coming down. These are all things you would expect when you're making mortgages more expensive. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly how effective it will be because when inflation's 8%, and even though mortgages are up to 5%, you're still talking about something that's comparatively cheap. Yeah. So the effect it's gonna have exactly, this is again why I would be skeptical of any firm forecast because sure. we haven't been in this environment before. Homes were very, very expensive interest rate wise in the 80s, right? Interest rates were 18 to 20% for 30 year mortgages, which is which yeah. is pretty, pretty stark. And, yeah. But inflation was also around that high. Then we had an, a recession when interest rates were raised and that brought things back down to normal. Like you said, in terms of the supply piece of that, we're still feeling the hangover effects of the great recession in yeah. 2009. We were building close to 2 million new homes a year and that dropped to about 500K following right. the great recession. So right. after that happened, we had all of this excess demand. Since then, though, people have left the industry, mills have consolidated, some production's gone overseas, and now the demand's back and the supply hasn't caught up. So I do yeah. think we'll see some renormalization. Mallory can talk about some of the things she's seen in terms of interest to, from consumers about this, because yeah. it's not a very good time to buy a home relative to <laughs> a year ago or two years ago, but sure. comparatively, houses are still an okay deal. Yeah, 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 please, Mallory, please chime in. Yeah, and as someone who's currently thinking about buying a home, um, it's oh, rough right now. 
in Denver, um, I'm sure. Really, there's it, a lot of inventory in Denver, I'm sure. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's something else. Um, but I think something that we've seen, and I've kind of been through this a couple cycles now, is when it is, especially when inventory is low, um, it often incentivizes home improvements or improve, major improvement projects on your existing homes. Because one thing we know doesn't always change is your need state. Let's say you are a millennial that got married a little bit later in life, like a lot of millennials. So therefore you're a little bit late to the baby game, but you're on it now. And yeah. that two bedroom, one bath home that worked perfectly fine when you were a couple is no longer serving as you're a family of three and you need a bathtub because now you've got a kid that you need to bathe and they've officially grown out of the sink. So those needs aren't changing. And actually we have even found with the work, with the, number of people that are able to work more flexibly, working from home, spending more time at home. If anything, those needs have increased. Um, so we always kind of see this like ebb and flow of when inventory is low and it's harder to buy homes. People do make those changes and invest in their homes. Um, it's why kind of in our annual state of home spending report, we've seen over these past couple of years during the pandemic, year over year changes where people are just investing more and more money in their home um, yeah. and often not just doing it to invest in their home they're doing it to make their homes work better um, right. for their needs so there's kind of this inverse relationship as it becomes harder to buy homes um, due to many reasons like uh, in affordability um, changes in market supply demand um, or even sometimes just you know changing demographic needs um, like we know millennials like to live closer in um, they they generally want to be in neighborhoods. <laughs> They're willing to take on older homes, sometimes not by choice. Sometimes they just <laughs> have to do it because that's the inventory that's around for them. Um, yeah. But that also means that like, you know, at times when it is harder to buy, we, we see a lot of home improvement activity. Um, yeah. What that will do over the next year, if it gets easier, we don't know, but we also know, and I'm sure all your the pros that listen to to this podcast know buying and selling creates a lot of home services activity too. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I was I was kind of just interested. I mean, uh, no, I, what do you guys think on in you know, interest rates? Big, there was a big jump. Is it is there going to be any additional jumps? What have you read? That, you know, I don't I don't keep an eye on it like you guys certainly do. That's the only thing I, to me that could potentially affect that. I, I mean, in the stock market, if it could. That's the, that's another part of it, right? Because people will have less money. But but if people can get financed, that that's the biggest thing that we see more now than when I started in this 15, 20 years ago. People bought stuff with cash. Then now everyone finances everything. Uh, so if, if rates get a little skew, then then maybe things could slow down. What what is what is your research telling you? What do you just you know based on your your knowledge of of the market? What do you think is going to happen in that regard? The consensus is that they'll do another half point increase in the in a, in a month and sort okay. of play it by year, month to month. Right now, of course, mortgage rates are a little bit forward looking, so people have already been kind of pricing this in. It's very much a an expectations game of chicken. It's not yeah. like we respond immediately when it happens. They try and signal what they're probably going to do and then ease in that cycle. Activity tamping down a little bit is exactly what they're trying to do, right? So this is what we actually expect. We expect sure. home sales to slow down. We expect growth to slow down. We expect spending to grow down. We expect uh, expansion to slow down, all okay. because debt is being made more expensive. That's the entire sure. purpose of what they're doing with the goal of saying, if we slow this stuff down, then inflation comes into check. Whether or not this happens is a separate issue, but that's certainly <laughs> the intended policy. Sure, sure. Um, oh, go ahead, Mallory. You look like you were, were going to say something. I apologize. 
yeah, I thought it was also fascinating, kind of your your other question of like people like to finance things a lot. Um, yes. and you're gonna finance more when interest rates are low. Um, and I think that's something like we are actively considering and, and looking at. Um, I think one of the things though that at Angie, like we we want to be a part of this conversation with our pros because we know that it's critical to their business. Um, mm -hmm. That's why we have a partnership right now with a firm where qualified um, homeowners, when they come to us with projects, can do installment payments through a firm oh, okay. um, for some like certain projects. Yes, there is a threshold. Yes, they have to qualify. All of, of that <laughs> stuff that I need to say. Sure. <laughs> um, but, but that's a big, <laughs> you know, that's that's an it's an it's an easy approach to it. Um, where they're gonna consumer, especially with a firm, you see right out front how much your your monthly payment is gonna be. Um, and that kind of helps, especially when the idea of like a, getting a, a loan or something like that, you're afraid of interest rates. If you can kind of see it on a, a pay, per payment, um, it makes it a little less scary. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, this is shift a little bit. Um, I don't know how much research or, or information you've been looking into how mergers and acquisitions have affected the contracting space. I I know I there's been countless SGI slash certain path Contractors have been acquired. Um, I mean, they're talking 10 plus times multiples, which is just bananas to me. Uh, is that, be, again, as interest rates maybe keep scaling up, are we going to see that slowing down as well? Or, or do you think because of what, you know, the, the market has seen and how people spend money in home services, because they're, they're going to be home more now, more people are working from home, there's still going to be that demand that they're going to keep gobbling up these, these you know, good sized businesses, 20 to Hundred plus million dollar businesses are mostly getting bought up. What have you have you done any research or look into that? We haven't put out any research on it. I think you're touching on the two correct trade offs in terms of which forces are pushing in which direction. Yeah. There has been a lot of interest in the sector because it has been so disaggregated because yeah. it's lots of small operators and you can roll things in. Part of that is equity has been very cheap. Debt's been, you know, sorry, equity's been, been, I'd say, a little overinflated. That's why we've seen a sell-off, and debt's been cheap. So yeah. as those things renormalize, I think that's going to pull some interest out of it. This is why you're seeing some of those multiples compress a little bit in terms yeah. of actual valuation of companies. I think it's also though an interesting sector because so much of it is labor dependent that mm -hmm. whether or not people can pull it off is 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 an interesting story in terms of what's going on. I don't think that anybody's done a really good job of really fully documenting it. And uh, sure. that, that it's, a, it's a pretty interesting angle though, but I think oh, you're exactly. exactly touching on the two forces. It's it's highly interesting to me. Again, I, I two years ago, I was worried about us losing tons of members because no one could get into anyone's houses. And now I've seen nothing with, but you know, I guess the last 24 months, this company's get bought up just because they've been booming. Uh, like you alluded, the entire the entire uh, industry is up 20%, and uh, I haven't talked to any member where it's been slowing down yet, and hopefully it'll it'll continue to climb. Um, well, you know, one I, interesting well, angle actually, on, top, oh, on top of that is the aspect of demographics. So this is the other thing that I think is shaping it is if you look at the average age of a general contractor who's running their own business and has you know like you said, 10 to 100 employees. I mean, the average age there is in the 50s to 60s now in terms yeah. of how people are. And so people are thinking about, well, if I want my retirement nest egg, I need to sell this thing and not run the business anymore. And so there is a, a demographic layer that's sitting on top of those broader economic questions about how much revenue they're pushing, what are the common multiples for businesses when they're being acquired, which again, are probably going to come down a little bit with the equity sell-off and with, and with interest rates going up, but it is still another interesting layer on top of it. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. No, I, it's, it's highly interesting to me, for sure. Uh, what now? I just to kind of circle back to, to Angie instead of just just talking economics, which sorry, I, I, I do find it fascinating. How how what, what's what's Angie working on? I mean, marketing, you know, when I first started in this, however many years ago, you know, we, we used to write yellow page ads for people. Right. And then and we that's how we cut through the clutter, because our ads were better than everyone. Else. You know, yellow pages are essentially dead. Right. And then digital marketing is 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 where it's at. And you know, using sites like Angie. Um, so what are you guys working on to stay on the forefront that become a, a player for the next decade? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things, but for us, it really kind of comes back to, are we serving the customers as well as we can? Yeah. <laughs> are we anticipating their needs? Um, and on the flip side, are we continuing to drive quality contacts to our pros? So I think you're going to see us doubling down on quality. You're going to see us doubling down um, on things that serve both contractors and homeowners. Um, I think the marketing space is, is very interesting. Look, we've we've done some we've done some tests with influencer mart. Like man, marketing oh, yeah. is all over the place. We've done some influencer marketing tests. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see if we continue to do those. Um, sure. You know, we have some new creative out in field um, right now on, t on TV that really drives home this connection between Angie's List and Angie, because we know that is so important. Um, it's only been a year of Angie, but there's, we want people to forever and ever to not, to understand that Angie's List is now Angie. Um, sure. So we're going to continue to do that. But really this year, this year is about focusing on driving quality contacts to our advertisers and our lead pros to yeah. make sure that we are delivering the best consumers to them um, that are in like for the right job at the right time. Um, we know, especially now as like, we've seen a little softness. Um, we've seen pros come to us a little bit more. Um, and we know that as we kind of head into maybe more uncertain economic times that this is where we can really continue to provide this value for our pros. So I think for us, like, yes, the marketing world and how you sell yourself as a business has absolutely changed. Um, yeah. And we fundamentally believe it's the experience that we provide. Um, I also know like, look, we're doing things to make the pro or sorry, the app work better for our pros. We're doing a lot of things to make the app work a lot better for our consumers too. Right. This is kind of a no brainer because Think about all those things that happen in your home. You're probably not by your computer when that happens, but you very likely have that phone in your pocket yeah, and the ability to get connected with a pro to, even if it's something like you're sitting at your kitchen table with your spouse and you're like, this kitchen isn't working for us anymore. That immediate, you can find contractors, do oh, your yeah. research um, all on your phone because even if you're at a restaurant, you have your phones out. Um, thank you, QR codes. So we also know that the more we can kind of make our app work on both sides for our contractors and pros and for our consumers, um, the better we're going to be able to serve and continue to drive valuable contacts. So yeah. um, that moral of the story, there's a lot more that's going to come from us this year. Um, be on the lookout. But at the end of the day, it's all about driving a good experience and really serving our pros and their businesses to the best of our ability. Absolutely. Uh, ser service is king. And, and I feel like even nowadays, it's it's not, it's hard to find good service. So if, if you can cut through the clutter to, to provide a great experience, uh, people will keep coming back to you. Uh, it, it's funny you talked about influencer marketing. I just had a discussion with a national sales manager from Goodman, two 40, 50 year old guys talking about TikTok and how we're <laughs> moving to TikTok. 
and I, I downloaded that app and oh my goodness, I kind of wish I didn't. So uh, yeah. it's, it's wild how things have changed. TikTok brags some of like the highest user engagement rates out of any platform. Um, yeah. Last I checked, it was something like 47 minutes was the average user session. Oh my I, God, is it really 47 yeah. minutes? That's longer. The fact that they can hold attention of adults <laughs> for that long, yes, like 47 minutes is an insane period of time. Yeah. So it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, look, it's something oh, yeah. we have. A, we have a TikTok account, um, follow us. We haven't gone viral yet. We'd love to go viral. <laughs> um, but I do think that that actually at the heart of all this, like take the influencers out of it. Uh, pros have an amazing opportunity to tell their story. Contractors have an amazing yes. opportunity to tell their story with these new forms of media that are highly visual, that just goes hand in hand with the work that they do. Our contractors are craftsmen and they have trades. And I am so passionate about this. and this format is just a place where they could thrive. Everyone loves before and afters. Everyone loves process videos. Yeah. Like the videos that go viral in the home space, sometimes it's like people painting a wall or laying tile beautifully. It really has a respect for the craft and the trade that I have not seen in a really long time. So, yeah. hey, any contract, like you start small and you start building on it, but yeah. it's an easy platform. Just start videoing some of the stuff you do and put it out there. There's a huge opportunity for people to kind of self-market as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm always amazed. I, I, I mean, I, like I said, I only started using it not that long ago and, and you see small businesses on there that are really utilizing yeah. it. And and I know it's just them. It's not like they've got a, an agency that they've paid a fortune to, to do this. They're just bootstrapping. So yeah. Um, I got to ask, are you are you in charge of the, of the TikTok? Are you doing dances for Angie? You're not. They haven't asked you to start doing that yet. That was no. a remarkably good question. <laughs> by the by, the blush that I have going on at the moment, I have maybe done a TikTok dance or two. Um, oh, okay. We, we do have a social media team that thankfully runs that. Um, okay. But yeah, there there's an embarrassing dance or two out there on our TikTok that people can okay. find. <laughs> so I should try and I should loop that into the. Uh, the YouTube oh, version of the interview at the end. <laughs> You've been too nice. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, I like to have fun with this. So, no, well, well, Mallory and Misha, I really appreciate uh, your time today. Anything you, kind of just in, in wrapping up you'd like to share with, with our audience about, about contracting or Angie and in general? The, on my end, obviously, we put out research. It's freely available to everybody. Most contractors aren't big enough to go out there and hire McKinsey or Goldman Sachs to do market sure. research for them. So we just try and produce research that is at a similar level in terms of cutting edge, empirical, quantitative, and rigorous. And it's yes. freely available at Angie.com slash research. So you can go and, and sign up and get access to it there. In terms of the rest of the company, I'll, I'll let Mallory lead the charge on that one. Sure. Yeah, I mean, look, I think we are in a really remarkable time for home services. Um, one of the things that Misha's found in his reporting is that the motivation for taking on work pre-pandemic was largely return on investment mm -hmm. because people saw their homes as an investment. That's great. They are still an investment. But since the pandemic for the past two years, we've seen the primary motivator being a desire to make their homes work better um, and to fit their needs. 
that is a huge shift in behavior and attitude towards this, which was once an asset and just the place you slept to now like the center of lives. Um, and I think that's amazing opportunity for contractors, whether it's to grow their business because we know the demand is still happening and people are still taking on work, whether it's to get more people interested in the trades themselves, which there's a mm -hmm. massive opportunity there, or to really honestly like Think about the ways in which they are supporting local communities. I don't think it's said enough that local contractors, local home services companies are literally the backbone of, of all of our local economies. Our homes That's wouldn't true. exist without them and the work that they do. So I think we're just at this amazing moment in time. Look, we hope pros listening, contractors listening, research Angie, figure out how we could help them grow their businesses. Um, but also if not, just like, yeah, I just I'm I'm I've been so excited to be working in the home space at this moment in time where the home is so important. So um, I guess that's what I'd love to to leave your listeners with a little bit of encouragement um, and like reminding them of how important the work that they do is. It is. It really is. And some of the most generous people I've I've met are in this space as well. So how they work hard and they give lots back. So that was a really good point. So. Well, Mallory, Misha, thank you so much. I, I really, really enjoyed this. Uh, I hope I didn't bore you too much. Uh, I think our, our uh, listeners are, and, and viewers are going to take a lot of a lot away from this this really constructive conversation. So, thank you so much. Uh, you guys have a great rest of your day. Thanks for having us. Absolutely, Thanks, my pleasure. That's Mallory Misich and Misha Fisher of Angie. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If so, please like and subscribe on YouTube or on your favorite podcast player. Please. Leave us a five-star review. The two seconds you take to leave a review will help other success-minded contractors like you find us and hopefully get a little bit better, which elevates our entire industry. And please join me for future episodes. This has been The Successful Contractor, powered by CertainPath. Support for this podcast comes from Synchrony. Are your customers reluctant to share their personal financial information with your sales team? Help eliminate any customer concerns by allowing them to apply for financing using their personal device with Synchrony's direct-to-device technology. This completely paperless process not only saves time, it helps reduce input error and frees your sales representative to handle other tasks. Customers can apply using direct-to-device through a secure email sent to their device or by scanning a custom QR code. For more information on direct-to-device and how to get set up, Call your Synchrony sales team at 877-891-9803 or visit toolbox.syf.com. The Successful Contractor Podcast is part of the CertainPath family. CertainPath is the largest member-owned best practices organization for independent residential services contractors. We provide our members a competitive edge through proven proprietary management tools and expertise, marketing programs, training, and group buying power, along with a highly active and eager to help membership. For more information about CertainPath, visit mycertainpath.com.